I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! This was also a manifestation of, like, Jim Henson was also, like, an art film director. Like, he liked art films, you know? And so he uh-huh. was like, I'm going to have them speak an entirely different language the entire time they're on screen. And if the audience doesn't know what they're saying, it doesn't matter, right? Sure. It's They're going to get what they need to from it. That's not what's important. What's important is this reality uh, that got nixed by the studio. So you do actually hear them speak in an English form. There is behind the scenes footage where you hear them speak and i literally a little part of me goes i wish i could see what that looked like and hear what that looked like um so really exciting in in that sense but as far as adult puppeteering goes right darker Mm -hmm. themes um more complex characters really showing off what puppeteering can do outside of camp Uh dark crystal excels in that and it extends pretty pretty impressively into the prequel series that Netflix released a little while back. Um, but there's a moment that broke my brain because I'm also a huge puppet nerd. And there's this one, oh my god, I can't remember their name. He's one of this new emerging puppeteers uh, that literally invented a new style of puppet that fits on your fingers. And you do this like cross-hand thing and you like wow. like do this thing. I, it's, it's really hard to describe. Um, they had a moment... <laughs> In the Dark Crystal prequel series, where some of the characters put on a puppet show. So, let me make that clear. Puppets. So, the puppets. Perform puppets. <laughs> and no, it's yes, that is... stunning. It is. It's one of these moments where you're like, I can't believe that not only one did they pull this off, but two, it's so gorgeous. Like, it's beautiful. And there's still so much emotion in this like puppeteer puppeteer it's it's just it's truly an amazing thing to see um oh my god i could literally go on i mean it was it was right i mean yeah we could we could boil this down for for hours and hours but like the the physical act of puppeteering is such a beautiful like distillation of this idea of movie magic right like this um <laughs> that that to watch these things is almost sometimes to just like marvel and wonder how it was done as much as you were appreciate what is actually being done oh my god like a part like part of the uh fun of watching like these these muppet productions is Mm -hmm. like when you see something and your brain understands like okay this is a puppet like how did they accomplish this kevin literally your brain create the shot of kermit the frog sitting on a log in the middle of a lake playing a banjo Right, it's it's absolutely like you look at it and you just accept it, and then when you think about it and you go, wait, there is a man underwater. Yeah, there's a man underwater. He has a little TV right screen down there, and he was underwater all day. Like he, he climbed Power underwater at the beginning of the day, and he stayed there. <laughs> he did oh, not leave. Bananas. No, yeah, I mean it's absolutely. It, and then, you know, the fact that they managed to pull off like kermit riding a bike you know the way that they integrate i never want to know how they did that i know that i could look up how they do that but to watch that and then to watch like the sequels 
make it like a whole fleet of Muppets on bikes. I want no part of learning how it was accomplished. <laughs> I, I love this. You want that to just remain beautiful. in that magic. It's, it's, oh man, I wish we were having this conversation with Caleb because it lands right in that. We've had the discussions between practical so effects and CG, you know? And, and CG can be great. Like there's things that CG, CG can, can do great. You know, that actually, a puppet cannot do. Cannot do. But then puppets can do stuff that CG can't do. And it's just because right in that. It's just wild. There's yeah. also a thing, not to continue on Dark Crystal, but it's literally one of my favorite things like in this world. Um, <laughs> it's crazy that I haven't brought it up before now. But um, like they, they, for the prequel series, they integrated a little bit of CG into it. Just like with mm-hmm. tongue, like with the tongues, they made the tongue sure. move. Just, just uh, practical with the the CG additions or or CG taking just practical little, just squeaky, that much little further. tiny things, just, just some glitter, some flapping of the tongue. Um, and I liked most of it. I think I had a weird issue with the tongue, honestly, just because um, so much of the. The, the suspension of disbelief with puppets is in the mouth specifically because it is so restricted uh, in movement. Yes. And there is, you know, with, I mean, some of the more advanced puppets, there's a little bit more animatronic, you know, uh, movement in, like, you know, you get the nostrils. You've got, you, you've got things you can play with. You've got some small motors going on in there. Um, but they added in the tongue, and I like the idea but as someone, if they're using the tongue to make it seem more like they're actually speaking, someone that, when I look at it and I see the tongue kind of flapping around aimlessly while there's specific words being used, it almost takes me further away than if the tongue just hadn't been moving. Because I look yes. at it and it's, because like the L sound or the R sound, they're very, you know, or like, like there's there's a lot of I'm, the way we you know, we generate those they, are very you use your tongue and when you watch someone talking, you can see their tongue moving in a specific way. We don't pay attention to it, but it's something we're all familiar with, even if we're not. It's innate. Your yeah. your you didn't notice, but your brain did. Exactly. Your brain. That's why when something is ADR or like the dialogue is just off from the lips movement. Yeah. There's just your brain tells you instantly. You can tell something's not right here or when there's a cgi effect and the shadow isn't right your brain just like knows like no this this is not correct it's like it it just knows it's like it's like what is what would the term be for like uh uh the uncanny valley as applied to the other textures in the scene you know what i mean like that's what that kind of is it's like just close and with the cg tongues i looked at it and i was like okay that character clearly just said an l but the tongue was doing all sorts of gymnastics. Right, and, and it, I can buy the L if the tongue never moved. Exactly, but, the tongue but once you start seeing the tongue, yes, exactly. It's, that was my it's, it's, only qualm with the addition of CG in it because I thought it really did manifest in some really exciting um, effects in the way that right. they pulled off these these characters. <laughs> and you probably so didn't much. notice thousands of effects that were pulled off properly and it was just like this tongue oh that created this disconnect no, there were other little ones that I, like i didn't really think about i was just like wow this is just an advanced like when like when the characters like when certain characters fly or like when there's like magic going around and there's just like glittery like it just it just made sense i was like yeah of course naturally please do put that in that makes it better you sure. know like give it that extra texture because you know why not you know um but. absolutely 
Yeah, um, great. Yeah. Add, add a little, add a little glitter in there. What's the point? You know, like if if the huh. first couple episodes of One Division didn't prove to us that like putting a little glitter in there really adds like that special, that special spark, that special spice, um, or 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 honestly, some of the like best special effects I've ever seen. Stuff that like really made me like stand back and and notice was in this like garbage movie that mst3k was was joking over um oh, and i MST3K. could not i could not tell you the name of it for the life of me but i love uh mst3k and that has a very particular approach to puppets like they never right. they never the puppets are not super advanced and that's Wait. part of the charm mst3k right um, mystery science theater 3000 oh <laughs> that's okay but it was some that, fucking i should i should oh it's fun it's charming yeah. um but uh but the movie they were watching had like a wizard doing special effects and it was made at such a time that like you couldn't just go into the computer and make that happen so like the wizard's lightning effects are like drawn onto the cellular uh -huh. with like yeah. this vibrant blue and it's just like one of the coolest looking things I've seen in a movie. And the movie's terrible. The movie is no right, good. Yeah. Wizards of the Lost Kingdom. It's something to that effect. But also yeah, every I mean, it's a movie that was on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Dead. Like, of course it's not a great movie. Right. But it's, <laughs> it's just this, like, breathtaking bit of, of film effect. These, yeah. these moments, like, you're... Because uh, your, your brain naturally learns how to watch things. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, or as this process goes on. So there's things you learn to write out or your brain could automatically program like the tongue thing. Is that like, uh -huh. I understand that Fozzie Bear is talking, even though he's just <laughs> flapping his mouth open and closed. There's no articulation to the mouth. But I think but also like, playing off of that, and I don't mean to cut you off too much. I just want to like jump no, real quick with the idea that the reason why Jim Henson's Creature Shop and the Muppets are so successful is because they have really done exceptional work in the art of puppeteering that they know how to get the mouth movements to look like they're actually saying what they're saying, right? When it comes to, because yeah. it's like, sometimes there's phrases that you just can't possibly move your hand quite as fast as you would actually need to, you know? And knowing mm -hmm. when you can go, okay, even though this is two syllables, this is actually only one mouth movement. Like they've got it down so wonderfully. And that's absolutely that's what that is that like just those creative solutions to practical effects. Oh, my God. I'm literally inundated with Kevin. You need to watch the Dark Crystal. I can't I can't believe we're doing this in the season four episodes that are not puppet related. Like, I can't, I can't, we, need to, <laughs> we need to table this I, if only because we're going to be, I'm sure, talking about this for hours, two weeks from now. Oh, my God. You know, I'm for sure we are just going to, like, lose our minds in, in four episodes when we're actually going to be talking about puppets. Um, but I I uh, love puppets. Puppets are cool. So um, Seriously, they're, though, they're watch Dark Crystal, it's like... The, the number of times, and I and I and I'm fully hoping for either a live tweet from you or like messages while you're watching it. There, are, sure. there's several moments where I'm I I'm just imagine you literally being like, seriously, how the fuck did they do that? Right, and that's and that's part of the magic, and it doesn't really like take me out of it um, because I I respect the art of creating CGI. Like it truly is like a talent and an art yes. form onto it's itself. But it does remove this idea of how did they do that? Because I know how they did that. They put it in the computer. 
Um, like that. <laughs> it's, it can yeah, be interesting to learn. Yeah, they could. There, it can be interesting to learn. Like, oh, there's a particular way they do particles on this. Blah blah blah. That can be very interesting. But there's something about being there in the moment, and especially like watching something that came out and was made at a point that you know they don't have that. And so is it, it's like, how is it even possible that they made, uh, the easiest example is The Wizard of Oz. Like, how is it even possible right. that this film was Just made? one of those things At- that literally makes you just, like, like, question, question everything. You're just like, like, whoa. Like, those that sense of, it's literally, and when I say take the magic out of magic, I mean, like, going to a magic show as a child, right? Even as an adult, let's be honest. If you see a really good magician, you're like... No, it's it fucks me up. I'll sit there for hours and watch like even like Penn and Teller. I'll Literally, just like sit there and I'll okay. be like, how were they? How did they? How were they? Half of the time that I'm awake when I should be sleeping. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like absolutely go, wow, like wow. You know, wow. is it corny? Is it campy? Is it cheesy? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Live for it absolutely. because there's something about it that goes. Okay, I know. First of all. It's you're in disbelief and you're like in awe and you're like you buy it you buy it so immediately and so easily at the same time there's also something in the back of your head going seriously how did you do that how did you no but seriously how did you exactly did I mention to you mm-hmm. the uh uh the the movie in and of itself have I has that come up so far on the show oh I don't think so. I watched it on Hulu a couple weeks ago, and it, like, just hit Hulu, like, earlier this year. Um, already, like, a front-runner for basically my movie of the year. Uh, it's actually directed by Frank Oz to, to oh. somehow wrap this all together. Um, and it is it is a film stage performance, but it's, like, also remarkably well-directed. Oh, um, so it's, and it's it, a film stage. I actually love film stage performances, and I think they're... If they're, they're done really well, a lot of they're, like, really good. Yeah. Uh, it's like it, there really is nothing that can replace. I that, have like, never energy. seen something with a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's like you can't believe it, right? Um, so it's in and of itself. And I'm actually not going to tell you much about it because it truly should be watched, knowing as little as possible. I'm excited. I'm going to watch this with Jesse Cat later. But uh, oh, you absolutely should. And if you're like me, you'll just like weep. Uh, but it's it's oh, exquisitely well done, and there's such an excellent use of practical magic in <gasps> this show. Um, there's, like, not only, like, you know, the sleight of hand card trick stuff, and he pulls off some fucking card tricks in this that you're like, literally, how do you do this? <laughs> and the answer is always, oh, I practiced this for thousands of hours to learn to do this one thing is usually the answer that is correct. Um, but they also have so much good, like, practical effects on the stage and it's and it's all done remarkably remarkably well just i'm not going to say anything else about it it looks this goes for our audience as well so many of my Um, boxes live performance frank oz magic i'm like let's go let's i'm already hooked and i haven't even seen a second of it absolutely and i will not i will not tell you uh anything else about it the only thing i will say is that it was like performed very close to where i used to work and i was like what is this show and i never went to see it and now i'm like furious now i'm just where was it where was it it was at, it's that theater that's like, it's bare, it's not like a Broadway, it's like right off Union Square. The opera um, uh, stages? It's, it's like across from like, Breadco. It's like, it's, um. Breadco? I'm, I'm oh not, my god, you're I'm from St. Louis. Panera? Yeah, whatever. It was Breco first. Breco was its first name. But you're right, I am from St. Louis. Yeah. You're right. I but That was in, unintentional. In New York, it's just, Panera. <laughs> 
I don't care. It's Bredka. <laughs> I that literally just threw me so hard. It's the you're right. I didn't realize that, that would be a rational disconnect for St. you. Louis. Um, I forget, and because you know you're so closely affiliated with one of my best St. Louis friends right. that it's like, oh, I just assume you're from St. Louis, but that doesn't check out. That doesn't make any no, sense. No, but the thing, but um, I love that you're also, we're ta- we're literally talking about a New York location and you call it Breadco as if it somehow has the same name. That's in- what I know it to be. That's, that's what so I refer to it as. Funny. Yeah. It's, it's a Panera because it's in New York, but it is Breadco because St. Louis. But it is Breadco. It's like, it's like calling a Carl's Jr. a Hardee's. It's like, yes. I've correct. literally never seen either of those. Like I grew up, it's like checkers and rallies you know what i'm talking about right for sure like i've only seen checkers i don't i firmly believe that rallies don't actually exist rallies was what was advertised to me in missouri so that must be part of the region Um, but there wasn't one anywhere close to me maybe missouri just renames everything to be something slightly different than the just rest completely of the rebrand some horseshit because we did have a Hardee's in my hometown, so yeah, so I can confirm that uh, Missouri. Got... Uh, <laughs> what what is it with Missouri and picking the localizes all of these? Missouri has a lot of things wrong. I will not <laughs> I will not sit here and tell you we got everything figured out. Um, the Midwest. What? Uh, they got but, everything right. What? What's the issues? Josh Hawley? Uh This this is of course. Um, advanced community studies uh podcast where we uh watch and uh talk about uh the american television comedy community one or two episodes at a time we are the premier podcast of the yahoo screen podcasting yeah. network. Uh, i am i am uh one of your hosts tv's kevin lanigan and you're probably feeling a strong urge to sleep with me right now and i want to tell you that is normal <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? I'm Jace. I use they, them pronouns. And today, I'm really, I I'm, I'm, I feel a very strong connection. I feel uh, like I personally relate to the idea of a casserole that's all marshmallow. I feel like that is me <laughs> in most contexts. Um, yeah, I know they say you are what you eat, but like genuinely, I am a casserole that's all marshmallow. But, I but, uh, but, love but don't that for that you. I support you in, in your personal journey of being a casserole <laughs> that is all marshmallow. <laughs> What is your casserole gender of the day? Mine is yeah, what's your marshmallow casserole? hair of yam underneath. Sure. I'm thinking uh, I might be a green bean casserole today. Yeah. Um, that like, sounds pretty good. I actually, I took a personal day. I took like a mental health day uh, today. Uh, so I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a little zone. I'm in like a, a particular little place right now. Um, got some stuff done, watched some flicks. Anyway, we are moving on. Uh, okay. with our lives. Daddy host uh, will not be joining us. He is on assignment uh, tonight. Um, it's, it's classified above top secret. We would share if we were allowed to, but he will murder us if we tell you. Absolutely. We would tell you, but we would have to uh, set off a kill switch in all of your iPhones where you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have to. FBI, would, we're joking. Uh, yeah, we're joking. Um, it would definitely not be like that uh, Stephen King story, The Cell uh, where cell phones make everyone go crazy. It would not be that. What if phone but too much? What if phone but too much? You know, what if phone but bad? <laughs> hey, can I... I'm going to go over to Black Mirror, and Literally. I'm going to pitch what if phone but bad. And they'll be like, we've already uh, done that. And you'll be like, which episode? That's the premise like, of our show. percent of them. <laughs> Black Mirror literally means phone screen. Yeah, phone screen. What if phone but bad? Um, that's my that's my ripoff that I'm gonna shop around to other networks Wait, that can't have Black Mirror. Can we please just like write 
some shitty Black Mirror scripts that are satire Black Mirror scripts, and they're literally just called What If Phone But Bad. What If Phone But Bad. And oh, did I ever show you the list of fake uh, no, Black Mirror titles that I made? have this. <laughs> Oh yeah, because I, uh, I for no reason I feel contempt against Black Mirror. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. What if phone but I bad? mean, here's the deal, especially after their most. I mean, look, they started off very strong. Their most recent season, I was like, honey, honey. Um, I'm not gonna read all of them. Uh, but would you like to hear a I, few? Yes, I can't. I didn't even think I had to mention. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, computer bad. <laughs> what if? What if Snapchat killed you? <laughs> Online? All caps, three question marks. Uh, BuzzFeed buzzards and TMZ crows. Uh, there's an app for death. Wait, okay, uh, wait, are there premises to any of this? Or is this just No, I title? just wrote titles. <laughs> the, ti- the titles are usually I mean, also premises. I was just like, okay, got it. And I was like, but well, what happened? Uh-huh. Uh, likes are like heroin. Or sex, one of those. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love a good iPhone notes joke. You know what I'm talking about, where it's like a half formed idea that's very clearly only a half formed idea. You get up there on one stage at the open mic night, and you're like, uh, like, comment, and submit. Is that anything? <laughs> oh, that's good. That one's good. Like Google Cal Amity. Um, oh, boo, boo. TLDR, too long, die reading. Uh, (laughs) These are... I realize in writing these, I'm actually just writing, like, a technological version of Goosebumps. (laughs) That's basically what I'm doing here, is say cheese and die. I mean, it's all, all, you know, the same... I mean, Black Mirror is just a contemporary take on... Twilight Zone and you know Goosebumps. Right. It's all it's all the same family. It's all the same thing. But uh, I think Black Mirror tries too hard to have a message every episode. Whereas oftentimes Goosebumps or Twilight Zone would just be like, "What if this weird thing happened? Wouldn't that be messed up?" I think I think it's also <laughs> wild because like when talking about, I love that we like we're like, "Okay, we're gonna start talking about community," and then we immediately veer off because we just don't want Roll. to. <laughs> but like. <laughs> Like, I think of, first of all, I think of San Junipero, which is one of my favorite episodes in the entirety uh-huh. of Black Mirror. And it's not one of the spooky, scary, what if home but too much episodes. It's like, what if tech but all? What if, what if, what if computer but gay? You know? And it's just like, in the good way, not the way that they did it in. What if computer but gay? What if computer you know? but gay? I would love to, I would uh, write, comment, <laughs> leave a comment. Uh, if you can, what if, what if computer, but gay, uh, leave a, leave a five-star review on I, on Apple podcasts telling us your, uh, favorite fake black mirror title. (laughs) (laughs) But like, oh man. Oh, glad I saved that. But that one. And then I also think of another one that I don't really think there's much of, there's too much. I mean, I guess there is a bit of a meaning in it, but literally the, um, the Star Trek one, you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen a lot. I got... (laughs) There's one. There's one that's worth watching. That's like they imitate the aesthetics of like an old Star Trek. I don't want to say too much because if you do watch it, I I like. I like Star Trek. It's a good one. It's a good one. Okay. Uh, Check that one out. I wish I could tell you which season or which episode, um, but you know, I'll Google Black Mirror Star Trek and something. It'll it'll pop up. up. It'll you'll you'll know which one it is. Yeah. Um, Something will come up. Uh, Fan. Speaking of what if computer but gay. 
That made me think. And literally coming into community, like this is actually okay. this is one of my best segues ever. You're gonna love this. The okay. way that they refer to um, gayness in these two episodes feels decidedly more homophobic than the way they refer to gayness in every single episode before this season. I love that we're about to talk about this. <laughs> literally, I, I don't want to get too far ahead because the big case is in actually episode six. But we do yes. mention it a little bit in episode five. Yeah. I, I think it, I think fully it, it, it's in this in episode five specifically, though, it becomes crystal clear that they're no longer making jokes to be like, look how fucked up this is. They're literally just being offensive. Like there's one. Yeah, that is. And we that is where the they've crossed this Rubicon here where it's like previous. Like, there's always been. Jeff is gay jokes. There's always been, you know, what is the Dean's sexuality jokes. Those are those are ingrained in this show. But it always felt like the joke was on the person who would dare ask that question or make that assertion, right? It's always Pierce. Right, it's or... always like, look how stupid you look as if that was a bad thing. You're saying that exactly. like it's bad. You know? You're saying that like it's bad. But uh, something that I'm encountering frequently in this season... Mm-hmm that I hadn't before because I'd, uh, A, not been asked to analyze them and B, not seen them <laughs> in eight years. And in those eight years, I've like developed, I think, some media analysis skills. Oh, <laughs> um, developed as adults and human beings. I've developed as adults. My personal like viewpoints have really like improved, you know, in, in my relation to uh, um, these issues. We're getting, uh, and we're getting so, better with this little fun thing called accountability accountability culture uh yeah exactly so it's um <laughs> it's it's becoming uh frequently um uh, uh, uh anything it's something we're really butting into in, yeah. in this season yeah this season, uh but before we be- say what you well, i was just I, I was just gonna say this 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 season very clearly like hits you with certain lines that make you go um and the thing that makes it even worse is some some of the time it comes from characters that you're like but we've seen examples of you doing something that would actively make it seem that you would never say something like this. And I'm talking specifically about Troy when we get to Batman at Thanksgiving, which we will get oh to. Oh my god. Okay. I have so much to say about Batman at Thanksgiving. Uh first before before we fully transition, I just want to say um that I just a shout out to the the community community on Twitter. Um, who I, I was not online much today cause I wasn't working. Um, and, and, are you talking about that, um, that I sent you earlier? That picture? Uh, no, that one is very good. The one division Troy and Abed. Oh my God. I loved good. that. That was so cool. <laughs> that was very, very good. Um, but I was, I just posted like that image of Elroy at Garrett's wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> this is a man. And like the community online space is, is, is such a body. That like that can get hundreds of likes, and my and the replies to that are all just now. This is a social media account that knows how, and I was just like, I love you all so much. It's so, <laughs> it's so I almost replied to that, but I was like, I'm literally gonna see you in like ten minutes. I don't need to take up more space for like fan interaction. I literally was like, I hear, I saw that picture. You know how like when you see a meme and it's like a screen grab from something that you love and. There's literally that picture also didn't have a subtitle thing on it that I was aware of. Nope. Maybe it did. It didn't. But I heard it. Yeah, it's, it's I heard. Like I love scream pictures that. and and gifts that you can hear that I can even hear. though they do I not contain. It. And I was like, oof, ah, uh, um. But okay, back a little bit back onto uh, onto point though. In this first yes, episode, apologies. there is a moment 
uh, where they're referring to Black Friday. Uh, Shirley says something about Black Friday, and then Pierce says, well, you can say that. Also, we're we're going to keep calling we it June call Friday. Friday. And I was like, there was no redeeming quality to that joke. That was literally just an anti-Semitic joke. Because at first I went, I don't understand why he's calling it Jew Friday. There's no clear answer for it. They were like, oh, in his mind, blacks and Jews are both, you know, whatever that is, right? Black people and Jewish people. And then I went, no, it's the biggest sale day of the year. Indeed. This is a that is... anti-Semitic joke that they just tossed in there because they were like, we can get away with it. It's Pierce. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yes. Because there's also uh... no any would let him get away with that. A hundred percent that... Okay, <clears throat> so, season four, episode five. Yeah, let's get into uh, it. Cooperative escapism in familial relations, uh, directed by Tristram Shapiro, written by Steve Bazalone and Annie Mabain. Uh, in this episode, uh, Britta and, uh, goes with Jeff uh, to meet his estranged father uh, and special guest star Adam Devine. Uh, also, the rest <laughs> of the study group goes over to Shirley's for Thanksgiving, and it is a Shawshank Redemption uh, loosely. Um, <laughs> loosely, but also exclusively, and also that's all it is. Exactly. The, I don't have much to say about that plot line is because they go, oh, this Thanksgiving with people's families is kind of like prison. End of exploration <laughs> of idea. <laughs> you can, it's like they were like, shit, we need to make this somehow an Abed plot about referencing a movie. And it was just like, D what is happening? I, you, you know, didn't and, and Shawshank Redemption, you know, it's the number one movie on IMDb, like the best reviewed movie on Literally the entire site. People. never seen it. It's uh, fine. It's good. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it, you know, no, no notes. I've heard it's but good. Like not, no notes, it, but like, I wouldn't pick to watch it on a Friday evening with the friends. It's good. Um, but also that's all this plotline is, is a Shawshank Redemption reference, right? And it's like, we don't even get into the rich history of American fiction set in our penal system, right? There, you know, it's, wouldn't it have been so easy to do a Cool Hand Luke where Luke eats 50 eggs, but you set that at Thanksgiving? Isn't that just like an easy thing you I can mean, do? I mean, I don't get that reference, do... but I think you could, I think it, I agree. It's a, it it's been a much classic more cinema thing. Sure. It, it's a, it's a thing. I assume um, so, considering that you know it and I don't. That means it's classic <laughs> cinema. <laughs> we have our specializations. We round each other out. Um, you could do that, but there's no, like, I mean, there's I, no Green Mile in here. You know, there's no Oz, the HBO show. Much more like, effective. There's, there's just... Yeah, like doing, instead of one thing, kind of like roughly for the entire episode, just making a bunch of small prison references. Like, it, they kind of play with the idea that Abed kind of goes, maybe it's not this, maybe it's this. He goes, maybe yeah, it's not, maybe it's Prison it. Break, the TV show. Like, what if it was literally just Abed actually not really that affected by what's going on because he lives for the drama and isn't really involved? Sure. And so the entire time he's trying to figure out what reference he should make to a bunch of different prison dramas, that would have been more effective in my mind, but they don't pay me to write these TV shows. So yeah, they don't what do pay. I know, right? You know, it's... <laughs> they don't pay me the big bucks to write uh, this uh, TV show. And I don't think I don't think in concept this plotline is bad. And I think we're just getting this plotline out of the way because it's, it's pretty, like, light. There's not, there's not a ton to discuss here. No, we've got to get to Adam, who... Knockout job. 
Jeezy, uh, crazy. We must get to the main plot line of this episode, but it's in concept. This is a fine setup. Like, okay. Thanksgiving with other people's families. That's like prison. Uh, you hide out in the garage. That's a pretty common Thanksgiving tactic. Or like, you know, you, the, the, you and the cousins, you can stand, pick up a football and go outside. Like any of those like Uh things you can do because football, playing football is acceptable, but playing video games isn't. So you play football. (laughs) It's inev- um, it's inevitably every Thanksgiving where you start to see the memes go around where they're like you and your stoner cousin say, "All right, we're gonna go for a walk." You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's, it's every every year those memes go around. Absolutely. Every year I'm like, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutes. Um, I uh, was truly lacking in stoner cousins, and I'll never forgive my family for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it you know it's it's not bad in concept, but unfortunately they just don't do anything with it. They put they put that idea there. The best part and about then this that's plot it. line is the bumper. Sure, the bumper with the, where she finds the hole. Yeah, that's fine. The yeah, best part classic Shawshank joke. I think um, also and it also to for and the last thing I want to say about this because I really don't have much else to say about it. Um, surprisingly, one of the most effective uses of Pierce I've seen in a long time. When he's like, Absolutely. I'm going to go fake an injury. And then he gets caught up and he's like, they love me. And then he makes a dumb racist <laughs> joke about it. It's my night at the Apollo. And I'm like, fuck, you didn't need this. But, you know. Oh, come on. The, damn it. Um, but like, Not the, everything he says needs to. Not everything he says needs to be racist. Can we please? Can we? Not please? every. Not every line. Right. Not every line. Damn. Um, but like, you just I went that and I was like, see, this is an episode where I feel like Pierce is like very true to character in that like. He's like, get me out of here. And then he's like, they love me. I don't care about any. Like, it's all about him. Like, I was like, okay, props to the writing team for absolutely nailing that. Right? Because that sure. is nailed. Like, perfect characterization. They got it perfectly right right there. Um, which, unfortunately, seems to be lacking a little bit in some of the other characters throughout the season. At least so far, it's a lot of the characters feel like they're not full. Like, it doesn't feel like all of their bits are true to who we've associated them as being. Going on, no, I think you were I, talking about on Twitter when it's like, I love TV shows where you're like, you're always seeing the same sets, and then you go to a wedding and you're like, that's absolutely how that character would act at a wedding, right? Yeah. It's this whole season is like, is that how that character would act in this situation? And then for one moment, I went, that's absolutely how Pierce would act at a black family's Thanksgiving. Like, no, 100%. 100%. That was like, aha, we found it, we've, we've hit it, you know, like, that is a good character moment you did it. for this character Fortunately, who you has did it struggled to have any moments. Um, and I'm not, I'm not here to punch anything up, but if there was some way to get the Dean in this garage, I feel like this plot would be 50% funny. I I just, I (laughs) don't think so. And here's why. Okay. Wait, is it this episode? The Thanksgiving episode? Is this five, the Thanksgiving episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. We are here already. No, I don't, I don't think actually having the Dean there would have been a good idea because we've already established that this is a homophobic environment and... (sighs) They would. Oh, not, well, that's true. He they would, would not, not present would not good jokes with the dean. There. No. Um. Right. Because we get like, into uh, we get into this Batman runner uh, that starts as Troy comes back. Okay. So the <laughs> part of it. All right. So allow me. Allow me to begin. This this Batman and Robin are gay thing mm-hmm. is such. 2006 internet does that make sense what i'm saying yeah, that joke is, is joke is, that they somehow managed to make feel even older 
when they put it felt TV. out of date seven years before this episode aired. Yeah. This like our Batman and Robin gay. It feels like bad '90s stand-up comedy, or it's, it feels like that joke early. And Spielberg put nipples on the bat suit. Like literally, was that Spielberg? Schumacher, not Spielberg. <laughs> I got my Batman confused. Spielberg. Um, yeah, that, that it's the tiredest fucking joke in the entire world. It's as funny as like, oh, you ever noticed that Mario uh, eats mushrooms and you know sees a bunch of weird shit? I'm like, yeah, hot, yeah, great, very funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, cool. Italian plumber. Made by a Japanese yeah. gaming company. Like, woo Yeah, very, very funny. Uh, I've never heard um, of my life. Yeah, it's all of this new joke, new joke. Can't believe you found one. Um, and so, so tired. And then the exec... So, it's already tired before it arrives here. And then the execution of it that Shirley's family thinks Batman is gay. Which, like, Shirley's family probably wouldn't have much of an opinion on Batman, Batman. at all. The fact that it came up, and if they did, he's mm-hmm. a predominant cultural figure. They would probably think Batman's pretty cool. Would be my assumption. I don't. I just don't know how I feel about the fact that they brought it up at all. I mean, here's my take. First of all, Troy being forced into an awkward situation where he has to agree with a point that he vehemently disagrees with. Funny, like, uh-huh. like, like Donald Glover's performance. De- and delivery of the line you're right when you sit when you put it like that batman is pretty gay you know his performance of that his delivery is brilliant it's a brilliant delivery of a line that i hate because donald glover is fucking funny what it's it implies fucking funny, it's fucking funny god damn it the thing though what it implies though it also implies that troy thinks gay is bad and we've already Which I don't seen like. that he's indifferent about it when they say oh you and your boyfriend and he just goes they're just jealous right like, right. not only does that not imply that he th- imply that he doesn't find gay to be bad, in that moment, he's subtly implying that being called gay is something to be revered. He gets called gay, and he says, that means they're jealous. Sure. You know? They're trying to tear me down, and it's but like, I it, don't it, care. Right. Coming out of their mouth, they think they're saying something mean, but I don't view it that way. So for, then, for us to be able to see that he's able to remove the way people use gay as a mean thing— remove it from mm-hmm. that context in his own lens uh, would, would make him it, it just it feels like the, it just feels like they were like let's throw a gay joke in there with troy and it's like oh it feels it feels off it feels wrong it just it doesn't it doesn't feel right at all and then to like have that be the thing that reconciles Shirley with the group is like they have some bad opinions about Batman and Robin. Like and it literally like, it could like it could have honestly been honestly honestly and it would have been just as awkward and weird and bizarre but even funnier if it was something like where Troy was like you're right, you know, and then made some comment about Alien how like the face huggers aren't scary or like or you yeah, know whatever. Something about, you know, some like you're right, Star Wars does suck. I mean something, you know what I mean? That is very much clearly like, like, but they had to go and do a weird. Batman's gay. It's like literally, what the hell's going on? It's like what the hell's going on? This feels like, and I do not throw this around lightly. This feels like some Big Bang Theory shit. This, I'm sorry. It feels like you're not wrong. The, it feels like the way that that show, the writing on that show, is like, N64. Look, N64, look, Flash, look, look at it. We see 
you audience, you like Flash, we put Flash. Uh, it, like, that's how it feels. And that's honestly kind of how I felt about some of the Halloween costumes they had, where I'm like, it's just Princess Leia. Like, that doesn't even fit Shirley's costume scheme throughout the show no. of being unrecognizable like kind of versions of famous characters. They right? gave her the most iconic look from the most iconic series and, like, yeah. And other people seem to feel differently about the Calvin and Hobbes thing, but I'm also like, yeah, no, we all love Calvin and Hobbes. I agree with you. It's, <laughs> like, I, well. I think, first and foremost, I love Calvin and Hobbes on Troy and Hobbit, but I love it Hobbes. more Everyone so does. as like a fanfic type thing. I yes. think that the two of them would pick a far more obscure and nerdy reference for the two of them to make. Calvin and Hobbes is drastically low-hanging fruit. That's how I feel, is this is all, like, It's one of those things, if I saw, right, and if I saw fan art of Troy and Abed as as, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, I'd be like... I've seen it many times. Like, I've seen it, like... Because it was in an episode, literally. But literally, eat it up. Same thing with that, like we talked about earlier, the uh, Troy and Abed in WandaVision thing. I was like, tasty. I love it, you know? But, like, it just, it doesn't feel right within what we've known, what we've come to know about these characters and the decisions that they make and the way that they talk about things and the way that they express their fandoms. They, they're not going to, they're not going to do Calvin and Hobbes group costume. It doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't feel right. Also something that doesn't feel right is that Abed kept dip in the fridge. Thank for you for pointing two that out years. And I, it's another point He's in this season where I'm like, go back. Abed knows about food expiration dates. Yeah. Like, Abed has some difficulty relating to other people. Abed is aware that food expires. Right. He's he's not a space alien. I think, I think it's especially <laughs> wild because they also this is also the introduction of Abed's obsession with buttered noodles. And buttered noodles as a concept also directly implies an understanding of food being able to go bad. Because there's something about buttered noodles that doesn't go bad. Indeed. So he can just stock it up and forget about it. And I think the idea is like, you know, it's maybe there was one point where he forgot about something. And he was like, oh, wow, I found all the, I found this dip in the freezer. It's been two years. I forgot about it. First of all, that would have been like, oh, it went bad. I'm going to do things where things don't go bad anymore. He Annie would have cleaned that out dip. immediately. Yeah. Also, Very, Annie, Annie, that would have been the first thing that Annie, Annie would have. Annie would have never let him bring that. No. And I don't think he would have thought to bring it himself either. He knows that dip can't keep for two years. It like, it's another point where I'm like... If he literally brought buttered noodles. If he brought a Tupperware like, full of buttered like, noodles to make Like, it. Abed and Troy are, like, often childlike, but they they are not They're actual not children. Yes. Like, Abed can see molt. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand this bit. Why is and it puffy? Oh, it's been in the back of my freezer for two years. Like, what?! It's, it just does something doesn't add up. I love how we said we need to get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, and we still haven't gotten there because we've been so caught there's up. There's so like, much to discuss in this fucking. <laughs> I I take it back. Actually, there was a lot to discuss in this plot. Line. Uh, but let's let's actually get to the let's to the it. meat and potatoes of this Thanksgiving feast. Um, so we finally, after learning about Jeff's dad in season two, mm-hmm. uh, two years later, we meet. 
uh, William Winger, played here by James Brolin, uh, father of Thanos. And, um, and we also meet... Oh my meet... god, that's why he looks familiar. Holy Because he kind of looks like Josh Brolin. That's insane. Because <laughs> he kind of looks like Josh Brolin. Uh, James Brolin, good actor so in his own right. Like, you know, he has a, had a storied career of many decades. Um, and we meet uh, Jeff Winger's, I guess, half-brother, uh, mm-hmm. Adam Devine's character, <laughs> whose name <laughs> escapes me. It's Will... Um, it's what? William Jr.? Oh, it's Will Jr. Okay, well, that checks out. That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I how do remember. you feel about Adam Devine? Um, <clears throat> I like him in a lot of... <laughs> I like him in a lot of things. I don't always uh-huh. love him. Um, I think he... Yes. ...can sometimes be a little bit one-note, but at the same time, when he's in his stride, he does a very good job. I think he does a pretty decent job in this episode, though. I think he... With what I mean, he's got a tiny character, and they gave they barely gave him anything, honestly. But they made they gave him nothing. They, they gave, gave him, him nothing. My but... least favorite character description, which is this guy's weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's that's the extent of the definition. It's always a bad idea they comedically. They implied that he was a major character for the plot, and then presented his character as minor. And it's kind of difficult to kind of reconcile those ideas as a as a viewer, as an observer, because there's so much that could have been done in a really down like convert like an actual like horrible family dinner between Literally, William William Jr. Jeff and even Britta if you like, want we to never see all four of them sit down together we never get that no additionally we see Britta's gonna be like I'm gonna go talk to him and we get like a half a second I would have loved absolutely loved to have had Britta and Will Jr. in a room together but it's so clear that they don't actually know who these characters are at this point that they just didn't even try to write those characters together you know what I mean Indeed. Um, um, and I, I like the addition. I'm glad that Jeff has someone at the Thanksgiving with him, and I think Britta is the best choice. I think to have his frequent foil, his best friend, uh, Britta Perry, I think that's a good choice, especially after all the all the work they've done in the season so far of, like, Britta's actively trying to bridge this gap between yeah. Jeff and his dad. Yeah. So she would absolutely intervene here. That's a perfect choice. Um, and they give her like a few good jokes um and the but she doesn't my problem here is that neither she nor william jr modulate or affect <clears throat> the plot in any way do you know well they i mean well not, britta britta gets presence. him to turn around and come back but that's literally in the form of a gag i realized as you were talking and i was reflecting back on this there was a moment in this episode that now that I think about it, was a very clear moment for me where I went, oh, I see what the writers did with Britta this season. They turned her into a pair of glasses. Yeah, they really That's transformed they her into they glasses. Were, they were like, they were like, oh, she wears glasses now. And it started as like a ha hipster glasses joke, throwaway joke. But then they were like, but actually, that's actually that I'm starting to realize. Especially no, the, these the two back glasses, to back. Yeah. It's also like, oh, no, the history, the, 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 the uh, yeah. had a stroke, uh, the, um, the, the hipster, hipster glasses, glasses have taken over her character. Yeah, but, <laughs> but also, glasses. I'm realizing the hipster glasses wasn't the first thing. I think the, they were like, well, what are you going to do with Britta? And they're like, Britta wears glasses. She wants to be uh, a therapist, so she wears glasses. And they were like, hey, speaking of glasses, there's a hipster trend. And they threw in some hokey joke in the opener. But, like, yeah, I just remember see, like seeing her, like, really up in the camera and you just see these glasses and i was like that's they literally turned one of the most quirky and bizarre characters into a pair of glasses she she is a pair of spectacles in this season right it's like uh the 
thing you hear often directed to actors in heavy prosthetics, specifically like Star Trek actors, is like, ah, Leonard Nimoy never let the ears do the acting for him, you know? But it's unfortunate that we have turned Britta into a sentient pair of glasses on a stick. Uh, just like a lightly puppeteered she does a great job with what she's given, but I... I love love Gillian Jacobs. That is not the issue here. No, no. I think, honestly, that it was honestly what the writers gave her. I'm talking specifically not even in her performance. I'm talking about the way that she's characterized in the writing. Is She's just a a pair of glasses. Like, I can't... There's nothing for me to hold on to with Britta so far. It's like every time her character has dialogue in the script, there's a parenthetical that says with glasses. <laughs> like it's, it's like the her, stage direction. It, glasses it's like they leap. somehow managed to like even further objectify her as like she's a, she's like an assistant. She's not a plot device. She's not assistant plot device. She's assistant to the plot device, right? So like like she's like several layers of like the hierarchy of yeah. this like plot. It's like it's it's okay. So Jeff needs to do this. Uh, we need these other things to happen. It's like, oh, just toss Britta in there, and that's what we'll do with her. You know? It's like, it, I don't... Right. It just feels very loose and not pulled together. That being said, though... Yeah. Surprisingly, this episode does have two Jeff moments that are actually some of my favorites. The Is the winger speech one of them? To his dad? Where he talk, to his dad, where it's like, I cut my... I gave myself yes. an appendix scar. Yeah, that's a good. That that's a good an speech. Amazing that's a good monologue. Like, it's spe- it, it, like specifically for Jeff, but like that's just that's a really that's a good monologue, and mm-hmm. it, it was really impressive to see that. And then also at the very end where he's like, "I made us Thanksgiving," and I was like, "Oh, it's one of those moments where it's like it did feel a little fan servicey, but it was nice to see after we've been it was good it was good you know especially after we're going through all this stuff where i'm i'm having a harder time connecting to these characters that i've been so connected to to be able to be like oh but they love each other you know there it is there it is um so uh yeah it's uh, as much as i feel like there is some dangling potential in this plot that is not taken it's also not like it's not bad in any way i think it's effective i think this story is good it works for jeff's character this is the most i've liked his character (laughs) in the five episodes so far yeah you know like this is the most it feels like this is how jeff would handle this situation he tried to pass it off as casual he tried to just have a drink but that's jeff's never going to be able to keep that forever he'll try and bury it he'll try and keep it down but he can't i Um, like the idea that this kind of break happens also Right. When, so they, they start off and they're like, we're going to set some ground rules, which is like, honestly, great. We love seeing people set boundaries. Um, and then when his dad says, I'm going to break the boundary, you know, I'm going to break the ground rule real quick. And that's when it happens. Um, I think that's honestly just smart writing. Uh, like, you know, credit Absolutely. where credit is due. That is As far as like an episode where they're trying to at least somewhat lean into like therapy and that kind of idea. The idea of setting a boundary and then once that boundary is disrespected that's when things go south that's a really smart way of presenting that you know and kind of you know integrating a sense of the situational irony within the moment as well as just like a natural flow to it i i was like i was like oh this is cool and also also no shade whatsoever some of the best acting we've seen from jeff absolutely 
I think I think Joel brings it in this episode. Joel McHale really brings, does a great job with his acting in this. It's it's and he brings a lot of different pro. modes. Yes. he brings a lot of different styles and positions of Jeff, and a lot of different shades of this character that he's played for for years. And as much as sometimes I'm not sure this plotline is really like servicing him to the optimal effect. I just feel yeah. like I I I I think we needed like one more punch up on this plot. So that it like did feel super premature. The William Jr. thing, like it just doesn't pay off in any meaningful way. And the right. the Brita therapize thing doesn't really pay off in any it's, meaningful way. It's Jeff and, not knowing his dad feels like a small character trait that they then for season four went, let's do something with this. And they didn't allow it to kind of grow before it it bloomed. You know what I mean? It bloomed yeah, early. This is such a like build up that they've had, like a couple seasons of this, that I think we just needed like more time. We needed more this... time, or even like more direct. The thing is, it could have been effectively done by season four. It is season four. Like they could have done it by season four. The thing is, it's it's brought up so infrequently throughout the first few ep- few seasons that it doesn't have the gravitas that it needs. For you to have a full confrontation episode without us fully understand, like it's usually a throwaway, like "Nah, my dad left, fuck that guy," and then that's it, right? We kind when you say that right. like three times over three seasons, the audience can just kind of accept that and be like, "Yeah, that's just kind of a given circumstance," you know? Yeah, this and, just, and they made it, it something should. Good. It should make me cry. Yes, like, it, this should this should wring every emotion uh, out of Kevin. Question in this you. moment. Yes, indeed. Uh, did it? It no, it, it, and it and it hasn't. And it's again, it's not that I think that it's bad. It's just not taken to its fullest potential. It's the the yeah. there's some there's some there's some wet left in this rag. We didn't wring it all out. We kind of rang a little bit out and called it good. But we needed to like torque this thing yeah. and and really wring something out of it. Um, and you know, like Adam Devine is fine. He's you know, I get why he's the workaholic that broke out. Like I get why he became the movie star of the three of them. Um, he needs direction. He's super. He's one of those. Yeah, go ahead. He's one of he's one of those actors that can be very effective. I really like him on the HBO show Righteous Gemstones that I've just started watching. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that. Because he's, he's playing a character, mm-hmm. and it's still, like, noticeably Adam Devine has his, like, comedic sensibilities and all that, but he's playing a character in a context, and he needs that. And that's not me, like, knocking him as an actor. Some actors, I'm like, yeah, I'll just, you do whatever you want, and I'm fine with it. Adam can be really good if he's given a direction and a purpose, and this episode doesn't give him that. You know what he's really good in that I saw recently, actually? What? Uh, There's this indie horror film called Final, The Final Girls. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have heard of that. Everybody loves it. I have it's not gotten it. It's really fun. It's it's a it's it's a really fun time. If you like movies, if you like horror movies, I do. You'll <laughs> like it. It also has um Thomas Middleditch is yes! in it too, That's right? Literally who I was going to say. Yeah, and he's great. He's great in it oh, also. Of course, he's always great. It's a great it's a great cast doing a great job with a really fun campy take on a contemporary lens on like 80s horror flicks like it's really fun 
Adam does a great job in that. And it's clear because he's got such a strong understanding of the direction that his role is supposed to be. And I think mm-hmm. for someone as charismatic as him, if you don't give him enough, if you don't give him, like, with free range, he'll go. And that's amazing. Like, that is a gift that he can just just go out there, do anything, right? He's got stamina. He's got presence beyond belief. So much. Absolutely. Uh, and it's just like, you know, it's one of those things. It it, it can get lost because there's so much there. Um like you know it turns into him just throwing a bread roll but i still I mean, even though even when he's doing these like kind of like off the rails you know maybe pull the reins in kind of performances i still like it you know yeah i think i, I, like, I, him. Like, him I like him doing like stuff that i'm like okay that's just like lowbrow for the sake of being lowbrow but also that was the genre he came out of workaholics you know right, he came out of workaholics which was like you know i i i, I don't love it i think it's fine um but it's very much like we're just it's people ad-libbing dirty things it's a show famous for that is so totally not tight butthole yeah exactly that is the break something something tight butthole something something loose butthole and you're like what the hell's going on what the hell's going on but i get why he broke out i get what he's doing here Absolutely. it just it's he he just needs a little direction he's very good on uh righteous gemstones and the like the the white male centrism that is so inherent to so many comedies Oops. works really well for the righteous gemstones because it's a on. yeah and he's spot on and it's a show about contemporary american christianity so white male centrism is part of it okay, the inherent like racism now, now my it's just... it's on uh hbo um i've really really been enjoying it it hits that itch that i'm like oh it's comedy with like actual filmmaking in it it's comedy where they don't just like set up the camera and say ad lib there is ad libbing but it's like actually directed you can tell if there was a shot list on the on the docket they came in with a plan for the day exactly and it wasn't just like shot camera here camera reverse on that and we're just gonna cut this together somehow like it's actual direction and it has i think so far some really i've only like four episodes in uh to the one season that exists so far but the it's an actually like interest it's hitting me in my like rural missouri christian upbringing oh. in that i was like so much of what i'm grappling with with all of this is being thrown up here on the screen so i would highly uh john goodman on the show uh walton goggins great cast yeah. um Edie patterson danny mcbride hit it up great show maybe uh, i will anyway. maybe i will maybe i you know what? I, I, I i might <laughs> Yeah, I chased it right after Vice Principals, which is another show a lot of the same I people made. I don't know that one. Which I I liked that. It <clears> had <throat> problems that it never got over. But those problems are less emblematic in this show. Because A, they fix a lot of their issues. But B, some of their issues actually work as the text. Some of the issues mm. that these shows have of like their characters throwing out... like casual casual misogyny and and racism as part of like their their joke palette work in this context as part of the story they're telling not right. oh right. we're gonna take a second and do like a misogyny it reads have more so say a as satire thing. or critique than it does just like eh, we're just gonna make some off-color jokes because because we can that's exactly right you nailed it, and you ain't even seen it. You absolutely got well, it. Well, I'm familiar uh, but, with the uh, concept, and I see it way too right, much. It's it's the whole thing with, like, contemporary critiques of satire. It's like right now everything is so freaking absurd at this point. 
and people don't realize that satire like people just do satire and they, they're like ah it's funny we can call it satire but it's like it's not satire because you're not actively it's not clear it's satire you know you're not doing a comment you're just you're saying just doing the, the bad thing, thing and then you'd be like oh it's, it's satire. <laughs> you're not making a comment you're just doing the bad thing and because it's so absurd you and your own circle like see it's satire and the people outside of your circle think that you're on their side exactly you're just giving uh, a platform to the bullshit and i'm like no no please don't uh, do that precisely. thank you thank you uh let's let's transition to yeah. the next episode Please. uh season four episode six advanced documentary filmmaking uh directed by jay chandrasekhar written by hunter covington uh in this episode uh greendale is once again the uh set of a documentary this time trying to get to the root of uh chang's changnesia problem uh here's my big problem with this episode which has some jokes i like some things i enjoy here is my fucking issue this one hurts it is an entire episode about changnesia and there is no meaningful advancement of the changnesia plot <laughs> there no. at the end of it we are not in a meaningfully different place than we were at the start of they it. have the little bumper thing that's also like just it's kind of confusing like honestly it does kind of like and they're like and now all the development in the entire episode right here in three seconds like, but like, it's like, oh, okay, so every moment in the episode leading up to that end tag would say, oh, he actually, like, does have Chang... Like, okay, we're actually, like, doing this. They spend an and episode the... being like, no, but really. And then, to get, like, it feels like they're saying, audience, you need to get on board with this, so we're going to just take an episode to get you on board so we can accept this as the new normal. And then at the very end, they throw it all away. All in the trash. Literally in the trash. <laughs> literally the in the trash. They throw it literally in the trash. It is beyond frustrating. <laughs> it is also there's there's Pierce Hawthorne should be in jail. Um, also, oh my god, it's it's one of those things where it's like no, and they're like we can turn it into a plot device. Jeff makes them do this so that they don't. But it, it's such a throwaway, and it doesn't affect anything anyway. That it's just there for no. It doesn't reason. affect anything. It's just there. It's not. It's just racism for the sake of racism. And you're like, dude, why? Why? You Also, also, can we talk about the fact <laughs> there's an entire episode of this fucking show that they removed because of blackface, you know, con, you know. But we kept this concern. one. We kept this one where they not only is it, they literally flat out say, yeah, I'm going to do blackface. And it's, yellow but face. It's a hand, and yellow face, but they're <laughs> hand puppets. So I guess it's okay. For some reason, I'm like, this one fucking sucks. This is the 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 thing that quibbles me about the fucking Dungeons and Dragons situation. Can you say that, that for me quibbles quibbles was that Q U I B B L E S? Yes, it quibbles me. Uh, I couldn't think of the proper word because I'm fucking apoplectic. I love at it. This that like we <laughs> left in the episode where Pierce does actual brown face. We left in this episode where Pierce right. does brown and yellow face on his hands. You're going to pull those? <laughs> because no. these are like actual... He is actively doing the thing that you pulled the other episode for. He is right. actively doing it. Right. With that intent. <laughs> like, with, like, 
if 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 intent versus execution is part of it, this is also his intent. This is also intent. Yeah, it's very. They they literally <clears throat> they literally call it blackface in the episode. Pierce himself. Refers yes. To no. 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 Yes. He refers to it himself as I'm doing this. It's oof. It's so uncomfortable. I'm. I just. I. I. And unfunny. Also so not funny. Also intensely not unfunny. Like if the argument for let's say Tropic Thunder. Are you familiar with the film Tropic Thunder? I I have seen Tropic Thunder. Okay. <laughs> um. That the the you know you know how once a year. 16 year olds on twitter.com rediscover that robert downey jr did blackface in a movie um that every year there's a character that's in blackface yeah that did a character that's in blackface and we can argue whether or not they you know ben stiller and robert downey jr have any right to like put that on the screen even if they are being ultimately satirical of actors that think they can do these parts white actors getting some pretty intense uh awards for terrible terrible misrepresentations yeah yes exactly it's actually a weirdly good analog to uh actors that think they can Jared play trans accepting characters. a fucking yes, oscar exactly. for being a trans yes, with exactly. a full beard oh you knew it is literally oh. violent Ooh. yeah oh you knew exactly where i was going with that that's yeah, like okay it's actually kind of an interesting commentary on this idea even but i will it, but also if someone said like this is like, actively harmful I'd no matter what like, their intent yeah, was i right. would be like yeah abs okay great yeah no yeah, i will for sure yeah, um, right this is blackface this is not really no absolutely but if 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 intent or purpose is the part of this argument this episode doesn't even, i am actually i'm actually astounded that this made it to air on the National Broadcasting Corporation in the year 2013. I am you know astounded. What's the, you know what's the other thing that's really wild about this episode? Right? Go for it. So we talk about we talked about with Dungeons and Dragons whether or not losing this episode contributed or you know took away from the plot from the season. You could argue pro- both, honestly, because sure. it's not main plot. But it is a pretty massive development, and they do refer back to it a bunch. Mm-hmm. This whole episode, specifically, right? Not the one where Pierce does brownface and they break the dean out of the jail cell, which is a very, plot very large plot movement, <laughs> right? This one, a very large plot movement, sounds like a poop joke. Anyway, <laughs> I gotta go have a plot movement. I'll be right back. But like literally, this one, you could get rid of it. And nobody would notice. You would remove. You could remove this entire episode. The whole episode. You could remove the this entire, entire episode. episode. Gone. Nobody. Nobody would. Nobody would notice. It's. <clears throat> it's like. It's. It's a. It's a chaotic episode of nothing. And, the only thing it does that actually serves any sort of payoff, is. Like they, they, it feels like they took. There's a throwaway joke a couple episodes earlier where they're like, "We could get a grant for it, get some money for the school or whatever," right? Yeah. It's like, and then they're like, "Okay, let's show us like applying for the grant in some kind of goofy way." They didn't need to show that, right? And I think the other thing that's equally infuriating is we've done documentary episodes a couple times now. This is the third occasion. Very. This one is the only one that I can decidedly be like, "Here's the deal." 
at a certain point in the episode, it's no longer the documentary and it's just a regular episode and the documentary was part of the episode. The rest of the episodes that are documentary episodes, I'm almost positive from top to bottom is presented as if it was the documentary. Yes, it's It's maybe a few moments taken out, but like this one just breaks that and it doesn't structurally have the same confines. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I absolutely know what you're talking about. Because the other documentary episodes use the form of the documentary to tell their story, right? Because there are certain inherent ideas that, again, it kind of goes back to the puppet thing we were talking about, is there's certain things our (laughs) brains understand about the way stories and visuals unfold in these programs, even people that don't like study TV. Uh, one of the examples I can think of is that um, I, I uh, the partner and I just picked up season two of Barry um, after watching season one, really enjoying it, but was like, let's take a break between seasons. Let's like let this sit and then circle back. And I was like, literally, and the season one cliffhanger is so intense that I'm like, how? Are they going to walk out of this? And the solution is we're going to jump forward a little bit in time between seasons. So we don't actually have to craft a scene (laughs) to get us out of this situation, which sounds like cheating. I just think that's using the medium to your advantage and, and, (laughs) and using like the gap between seasons as, as an advantage in part of your storytelling, right? It could be construed as cheating a little bit, but I don't particularly. I mean, I hope for your sake that they have a flashback at some point to kind of wrap it up. We get the gist of what happened during that break, Um, and I also I'm sitting there. I'm like, I have no idea how I would write the scene that they would have had to write. Um, But it it uses is in essence it uses the gap between seasons as part of the storytelling device, which I think is a good use of the medium you're working in. Um, and, and they do the same thing in the documentary episodes, right? We talked about this a lot, especially in the season two one where they're in the hospital that not, they're not, they're not just doing the documentary as a cute thing. They use the documentary to tell that story. And there's certain beats in that episode that could not exist. Exactly. Told in a usual way. I don't feel that at all about this episode. I don't think. No, this episode, they turned it into, oh yeah, Abed does documentaries sometimes. It would totally make sense if the Dean asked him to make a documentary. Boom. And then they throw in a joke where Britta's like, I'm into documentaries now. Abed, teach me how to use a camera. And he's like, you know. And that's it. Like, what's going on? There's no. That's it. Is that payoff? Is that setup? We don't gain anything from it being a documentary. And, they and do a... that's the thing that separates this season from the prior ones. Whenever they do some sort of kind of pastiche or reference in this season, it doesn't contribute to the overall arc or vibe or tone or movement aesthetic. It doesn't c- contribute anything. It just acts as like loose reference to character to make up for the fact that the characters aren't fully understood in the same way. Right, absolutely. And it, you know, I appreciated, like, the few, like, documentary, like, references I got in this episode. There's, like, the Grizzly Man reference. It's a little, like, shoved in there, but that's, like, a cute reference. And there's a couple others. What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, At the end, when Abed is like, this scene is too intense, I can't show it to you, but you can watch me watch it, um, Uh is a direct reference to reference to the Werner Herzog documentary Grizzly Man, where... 
there is indeed footage of the grizzly man being consumed by the grizzlies, but Werner Herzog, the documentarian, says, I cannot show this to you, but I am going to show you me watching this footage <laughs> to give you the idea of its impact. Um, it's, it's, I'm not a documentary expert by any uh, respect. That is a, kind of like a notorious, uh, famous, kind of divisive moment. It is that like, crazy. should the documentary, like, is this... What, what are, is the obligation a documentarian has to its audience? Indeed, exactly. And and is the documentarian then making themselves too much part of the story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyway, I, I appreciate that reference. There was like another one. I can't think of it right now. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> like they don't even use the talking heads as setups or punchlines for jokes. Like you would at least expect that to be the right. minimum. That cross, that cross me, like using the medium to your advantage. And they're like, no, they're not using it to their advantage. They're just using it as throwaway gags. It's, um, there is, um, there's one that kills me. <laughs> I think there's one actually like really great use of that form in this. Is episode. it when Abed goes up to, uh, Jeff? No. And it's like, there's, there's two bits with Abed going to Jeff that I actually do enjoy. It, it was just, Abed goes, Jeff. What do you think? What do you think about the the whole Chinese Chinese thing? And he goes, You've got to be fucking kidding me. And he goes, All right, great. That was awesome. Can we go back? Can we reset back yep. to one, Jeff? <laughs> that's a great bit. No, that's a good bit. But it also, that's a bit that literally did not have anything to do with the the really the episode. Yeah. Um, but it's a good bit. And then the other one is, what What are your thoughts on this? And it's like, I can't believe it. Can't believe what? All of it. He goes, great, awesome. Now, can I get that all at once? Like, I can't believe all of it. And then he just walks away. He's like, fine, I'll, I'll edit it in or something yeah. like that. I think like, I think they do that bit with Jeff like three times, like right in a row, basically, at the beginning of the episode. And that's and that's okay. Right. That's fine. Uh, the one that they did make me. The one that gets me is Britta explains her theory to the camera. And then the camera like pans oh out a little God. bit and the scientist guy is behind her. And he's like, actually, and that's put in the science music. Yeah, that was a good bit. That is an excellent. And then they give that like comic book science explanation. Actually, that's not true because science says that if blunt force trauma to the head was the reason why he became a good person, it also means that blunt force trauma to the head is how he became Benjamin. And it's and it's like, like that's stupid, that but fine. <laughs> that's your it's, it's that's so your stupid, rules. It's stupid. It's like okay, well, yeah. It's I honestly I credit that moment to really good sound editing. Like there's a really fun little like like song that they start to like pump in ever so subtly when using the, the medium to start tell your joke. Using the it's medium. good. It's good. It's when they do it right, they do it right. You must give credit where credit is due. But Absolute. like yeah. Um, I will also give them deep props for the absolute, like, pull pull out of the San Marianas Trench, Senora Chang, who we have only seen one time yeah. three seasons ago. That is a good pull for this episode. No, that was a good. That was a good reference. Just absolutely like dragging that out and and putting it there and using it as I think a fairly effective beat in the episode. Yeah. But again, none of it adds up to anything because we don't learn anything about Chengnesia in this episode. It doesn't advance anything. It doesn't. It doesn't progress us in any way. It's. I'm. I'm going insane. I'm going insane. Trying to. Yeah, think I mean, of, I can roughly say that this episode is pretty clearly about second chances. And reminding us 
that all of these characters have had second chances. But that just plays further into what I see the episode as potentially being, which is reminding the audience that we need to give Chang a second chance as an audience. But of course, all of that is undercut because at the end, we throw it all away. Right. If you, okay, so if I might slightly rewrite this episode, if I dare. Um, if, you, if you want to do yeah. the bit at the end where you reveal that he doesn't have it, he was faking. Because this City College, I'm working for City College thing never goes anywhere anyway, right? If you, if you want to... That's right. That's why he says he's doing it. Yeah, that's why he calls on the phone and then throws it away. And, you know, Ken Jong's funny. So he's like, oh, why did I do that? And he fishes the phone out. It's yeah. a funny bit. Um, it. <laughs> The episode could have a really good emotional ending if Chang confesses to the study group that he was faking, but asks for that second chance that we spend the whole episode talking about, right? So instead of it being, no, he doesn't deserve a second chance, we rewrite this episode, which I try not to do, but it just punch it up a little bit to say, like, it's actually an emotional moment where he says, I know I fucked up and I fucked up bad and there's nothing that i can do to take that back but i will ask you for the second chance that all of you got it's that moment that ben sorry kevin fucking it's the moment that chang has with jeff in the cafeteria but make it legitimate take it right? all the where way. he says take it all where he the says way i know what do what what chang did was terrible and i wouldn't you know forgive it from give him either but like i'm gonna give you a second chance right that kind of thing Take that, but actually, like, really, like, literally be like, hey, look, here's the deal. I did some really terrible things, and I want you to know that I'm aware of it. Um, It's just so much easier for me. Oh! Oh, there's also a really subtle transphobic joke in this fucking episode. Oh. And it's, it's so subtle. It's when Jeff walks up to Shirley, he goes, are you buying into this thing? And she goes, I believe Kevin, I, I believe uh, Chang was born Chang and Kevin is a choice. Uh, it's really subtle. It's really subtle it's commentary. It's using the language the of transphobia. Of as, transphobia as, and homophobia as well. As a just, and it's like, they were like, ah, it's funny because it's topical, but it's like, you're literally not making any real sense. One. And two, what it ends up doing is it ends up kind of subtly implying that a person is the same person that they are born as in the way that we have received them. It, it's an innately anti-queer perspective. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's an essentialist perspective, uh, emboldened by this like really toxic, um, hegemonic perspective on a lot of, I could, Oh my God, I can't get into the queer theory of it all. Essentially I heard that line and it made me like on a deep level, super uncomfortable. Absolutely, because um, it's it's was, it's it's co-opting the language to to fucking uh, make this toss-off <laughs> joke, which is always risky, which is always like, and ultimately, like, what is the payoff for for using? There isn't that? any, right? Exactly. There's, you know, I like the Shirley bit in this episode. I think the pacing is off of her, like like crying like Britta fucks up the camera and she does this like heartfelt thing and it's none of it's recorded and she's like I died for three minutes yeah exactly like that's a good bit that's obviously like a pro but unfortunately too often in these last two episodes we're seeing like bad sides of Shirley like when the worse 
habits of Shirley Bennett come to the forefront. And it gets a little harder to laugh at um, it her also good jokes. just from an even larger perspective, it also rings to me because one of my biggest complaints about the way that Shirley was written is that it, it almost always feels like Shirley is an afterthought or they don't really know what to do with Shirley. And this to me says, oh, let's have a Shirley moment. And the Shirley moment is them literally not giving her a voice. It just plays into that whole like, well, it's, you know, she's the black woman. And then that's the extent of their understanding of this. And I'm like, I... That could have been a great moment to get to. It was, I yeah. mean, it's that that moment that was about Shirley ended up being actually about Britta and how she can't work a camera. That's what the moment was. Yes, the moment centered around Shirley, but it's actually a story about Britta, and that's how all of her plot roles feel, with a few exceptions. And it always rubs me the wrong way because I absolutely love Yvette. <laughs> using first names like we're, we're Judy's. <laughs> you right? you, but you like, and YNB are on first name basis. Yeah, we're tight like that. It's cute. It's cute. It's cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it, it just rubs me the wrong way when it comes to that. But no, there are also some really, there are some nice bits in this, you know? Kevin comes in, he's like, uh, Kev, what? I don't even know how to, Chang walks in <laughs> and Jeff is like, I never said I was a lawyer. He's like, yeah, you did. And then he recites an entire scene and it's like, it's yeah. Oh no, it's one of the. It's my. It's my short-term memories getting better. Blah blah blah. It's what my doctor said was. And then he looks around on his body, oh. and then he pulls over. And goes side effects. Great bit. Great bit. Paste expertly Good bit. because. And on his fucking elbow is oh. written rent memento. Good. Which yeah, is good bit reference. Yeah. Good bit. Yeah, we love it. We love a reference. I mean, it's it's literally just that's Ken being a champ. Ken like, can fucking so deliver. A joke. Just like. without any lines. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, there's another moment that literally warms my heart so much, though. It's, and it's all Ken. It's, uh, Chang looking through a microscope and he goes, "Whoa, this thing makes things look smaller." And and he goes, "No, no, no, bigger." And he goes, "Oh, bigger." bigger. <laughs> and it's right after they described him. He's like, "No." He's got like this newfound joy, like a, like a, like a young kid or an alien, or, or like a new, like a young, a new alien on this planet. And the way he goes, bigger, it feels like something from a '90s. Feels um, like a fucking ET uh, Spielberg movie. <laughs> now that I'm now, this is what I mean, Spielberg, as opposed to what I said earlier. Oh my god, we're going full circle. My brain is not work, but that's what that moment feels like to me. It's like some goofy alien from a Spielberg flick back in like the 80s, 90s, bigger. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's fucking classic. No, right that there. Hits. Yeah. That hits. Ken's good. It's making me I'm sorry. Can I can I rewrite the ending of this episode just like one more time? I I quite frankly don't give a shit. Rewrite okay. it as many sure. times as you want. We could toss the whole episode for all I care. Okay. So I'm even going to keep it like it's Jeff and it's Chang at a table and it ends with that new radical song. I will I will keep all of these intrinsic <laughs> elements. But you change the idea that Jeff has ever been convinced <clears throat> of this. Um and there's just you you have a moment in the speech scene where like you actually see him Chang, I'm sorry, relate to Signora Chang. And they just like, and Jeff feels empathy for this guy that he spent the whole episode hating. And you do this scene, and I think Joel mm -hmm. and Ken are both capable of this, that yeah. you do the scene where Jeff knows, like Jeff knows that Changnesia is not real. And, and Chang mm -hmm. knows that Jeff knows. 
But they have this two-level conversation where without saying it, Jeff, like, lets him know, like, you know, oh, Changnesia's pretty tough. You have been through a lot, and honestly, you've put us through a lot. But, like, he offers that reconciliation to Chang through the lens of talking to Kevin. And Chang, of course, not having that amnesia. That clever. That's yeah, a, just gets like, it and then is able to respond in a similar way. Without My dropping the veneer. That, Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, I think absolutely that would be an effective scene to have them both keep that kind of facade, that double speak, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, saying one thing meaning another. Um, that being said, um, I, based on the way that they build Jeff up in this whole episode, I don't think he would have offered him that moment for reconciliation jeff is like out for blood this whole episode and then just drops it yep i guess then just drops it just uh, drops it he's like they tried to kill us and he's like why does everyone keep forgetting that that's literally his whole mo the whole episode and then he's like well, i guess i'm gonna forget that you tried to kill me too it's a little odd it's a little odd it's a little uh uh oddly uh put together but, um, you know, I don't know. It's obviously tough. Uh, I just think that this fucking Chinese thing should have ended in this episode. Somehow. Somehow we drop this at the end of the episode that is about yeah. to end. Uh, but, uh, no, it will continue on for the rest of the season. Uh, everyone, buckle up. Uh, strap in. Strap in. So let's do our end tags ranking for this week. Um, uh -huh. couple of, of alright ones. <laughs> Couple Can of. I tell you that, like, I forgot about the end tag. Like, I vaguely knew about, I remembered a little bit the end tag for the Thanksgiving episode. But for some reason, because we've been talking about the first end tag from this season, when she's like, where'd she go? Where'd she go? <laughs> oh, my. I have expected her to then clock the barrel and go, oh, no. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, um, Lord, no. Yeah. Down, like, literally like Porky Pig style in the middle of a circle in the middle of the screen. <laughs> That's literally the framing that they presented it in. That's all, both. Oh, that would have been, been good. No. I would have been like, what the fuck is happening? Would have at least been like a nice uh, payoff uh, for that bit. Um, Shirley reacts very well to finding out that Abed chiseled a hole in her garage wall. This actually might be good. Also, is this the introduction... It's not the introduction of it, but it's one of the... In this season, it is the... <laughs> yeah, daybreak. Just a little daybreak. Sprinkle a little daybreak in there. <laughs> so good. I associate... When I hear that song, I immediately think of Community. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, that's this is the only Wait, show I that? Like, know that song from. <laughs> What is I like? I I have a hard time believing that that song existed outside of community. Right? Is no, that this just that me? song began uh, with community. It it it, it did somehow, but it's it's in there. Uh, Shirley finds a hole. Um, I'm looking in the 50s <laughs> what a here. Terrible way to refer to that. It's unfortunately <laughs> what happened. It's the literal events of the end tag. Um, happy to do. So I'm looking at this. It's like better than Betty White explains Inception, probably. Yeah. Number 57. Yeah. But, like, are we going yeah. above Coppelgangers here at number 52? No. Probably not. Okay. So we found our zone somewhere here in the mid-50s. Um, do, 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 do. Is this better than the, the Troy and Abed podcast? No. Okay, great. Well. <laughs> well. Backspace. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Okay. 
Dear number 57, surely finds a hole. You're the worst. <laughs> what would you call it? What would you call it? What would you call it? Counter proposal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, fuck uh, you. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, Chang trashes his phone. I think we're in the right zone here for that one as well. This one's definitely higher. A little bit higher. I actually... So here's the deal. I, I don't like that it throws away the entire episode, but it is one super, super, super memorable. And two, it is really quite funny. Uh, it's fine. I would almost put it above Coppelgangers, actually. I think Ooh. we could actually go up a decent amount for this for this little taggy tag. Do you hate this? Okay, it's not as funny as do you hate this. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. One. New. Literally go up new one point. And I'm 52. Like, oh, Chang. Go trashes his phone <laughs> do you hate this do you hate oh, this that's such do you a good hate doing this that had 50 do you do you hate this you hate this do you hate this? oh my do you hate doing this oh donald we love you bud all right episode episode rankings uh okay cooperative uh, escapism of familial relations we are looking a little higher than I for me this season four population at the very bottom. I think we're going up a few places here because I think the uh, there's a lot of moments in this episode that really work as much as there are a lot of episodes that don't. I mean, these episodes, like at their core, bother me because not only do they like feel off, but like the way they feel off is like on an offensive level. Yeah, for me. that it's like oh, this is actively like bad like not just like bad comedy it's like bad politics it's like actually bad um additionally the changnesia episode being one that we could literally do without puts that pretty yeah, low on a, my that's list that's bad <laughs> that's not a good start <laughs> no, no not bad um so as far as the familial something the thanksgiving thanksgiving spanish 101 is that's the second episode, episode of the show which one's basic genealogy? I'm going to do this every freaking okay. episode. Basic I'm genealogy so is family day. Oh. This episode's better than that one. A yeah. little bit. A little bit. Is it better than Spanish 101? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, There's parts of Spanish 101 I like, but it's... um. Which one's social psychology? That is the first Jeff and Shirley episode where Britta is dating Vaughn. And they, oh, this like, one's lower than that. I actually think pretty fondly yeah, of that, I even agree. though that's at 69. I mean, it's it's at 69, <laughs> uh, but it's it's tough competition here on the old community list. Um, okay, so hmm, environmental science is what we're at next, which is green, yams, is it? green Day at v, uh, Greendale. No, it's the one with uh, oh, Fievel, okay. the mouse, where they sing Somewhere Out There. Oh, this one's worse. Okay, yeah, it's not, it's not as good as them singing Somewhere Out There. Somewhere out there. What if I sang the whole theme song just because Caleb's not here? Oh, that'd be so funny. I I won't, just for the sake of consistency, but I just needed to... I just came across my mind. I was like, that would piss... Cooperative escapism (laughs) of familial relations. New number, 71. Uh, Now we hit advanced documentary filmmaking. You were right. Bad start that Um, it could be completely removed from even this season. I'm going to say that... (laughs) I'm going to say that the pimp is in the club and we should drop it like it's hot. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> oh my God. Speaking of fucking 2005 internet. Jesus 
Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, yeah, just drop it all the way. I What's what's the bottom all line? The history way. 101? The bottom is History 101. Um, okay, let's put it... Let's put it... Oh. Turning History of the Church. <laughs> Honestly... I, I would probably put it below Conventions of Space and Time. Would I put it below Alt History of German Invasion? The problem with both is that they're very forgettable. <laughs> That's the problem. But so is this one. Nothing happened. No, exactly. That's what Honestly, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I can saying. actually put this as a 77. Like, now that I think about it, History 101. I get more out of uh, Hunger Deans. Fuck, that hurts to say. I get more out of Hunger Deans than I do out of this entire episode. Maybe put it above it. I <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just above it. This is hard. If for no other reason, Jeff feels much more in character in this episode than he did in in history 101 you know that's true like at least this it's feels so wild how <laughs> like at least it feel it has uh this episode has that great visual reveal of the scientist behind britta that this right. episode gave us that immortal screenshot britta perry basically a therapist you know like it's not <laughs> without merit i guess no community episode is um i guess maybe then i would put it above alternative history to the German invasion too, I guess. And just below conventions of space. Yeah, if we're weighing the offensive aspects of both these episodes. (laughs) Uh... It's so wild how we have now gone from like we were in a period of really intensely like going straight to the top being like, what's the best, what's the best, what's the best? And now we're arguing over which one's worse. It's a totally different game. And it is just as difficult. It doesn't feel bad. It doesn't feel good to me. it's certainly not a good feeling i hate this i I hate doing this (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a community quote right yeah what what is that from i was doing do you hate this (laughs) but i was co i was i was uh reappropriating it i hate doing i hate this i hate hate doing this (laughs) uh so that's been our rankings uh jace anything to plug this week. Wow. When is this episode coming out? Uh, in theory, on Thursday, if I can get my editing done. Oh, okay, great. If that is the case, um, then I'm going to just plug it one more time. Uh, Transpose Cabaret is going to be literally this coming weekend. From the uh, 26th through the 28th is when it's going to be available for streaming. Um, if this comes out later than that, you missed it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But essentially, yeah, if you want more information on that, go to my Instagram or, uh, or Transpose Cabaret's Instagram. So go to my Instagram at uh, J-A-C-E-N-Z-I-E-V or Transpose Cabaret also works. That's Transpose, T-R-N-S-P-O-S-E, Cabaret, C-A-B-A-R-E-T. Um, it's going to be an all-trans virtual musical theater cabaret. It's going to be super exciting. Uh, $5.00. For, per device if you're trans, $20 per device if you are cis. Uh, half of the proceeds will be going to For the Gorals, which is a black trans-led collective that curates parties to fundraise money to help black transgender people pay for their rent, gender-affirming surgeries, smaller co-pays for medicines, doctor's visits, and travel assistance. Um, it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited about how this project's coming together. Um, the team has been an absolute joy to work with, and this cast is going to be just something so fresh and so new and so exciting. So go ahead and give that a little look-see. Get your tickies. Um, and enjoy some uh, theater from home, you know? Uh, why not? 
<laughs> oh man, the anniversary of being stuck at home is coming up it's really soon. Coming up, and I, we can feel it. You know. Oh, I feel it in my bones. It's, it's like we are all we're literally collectively coming up on a on a trauma on a trauma anniversary, and we need to like collectively understand that and acknowledge that and really kind of work through that holistically and collectively. And it's gonna be. Rough. As far as um, yeah, if this if this time of our life was an ice cream flavor, it would be Rocky Road. That is the last joke I ever make. <gasps> oh. Um, <laughs> I should have left it with the Snoop Dogg referential humor. Christ. Uh, if this year were an ice cream flavor, it would be pralines and dick. Um, <laughs> I hate it. That's uh, Wayne's World. You're welcome. Uh, uh, no way. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, movie I've seen Cute. almost more than any other, probably, in, in my life. It's lifetime. a fun one. It's a good movie. Uh, I'm a big Mike Myers fan over here, except for the really offensive parts. <laughs> that actually checks out. I don't know why I've never thought about you in relation to Mike Myers, but that really checks out. I feel like it, that sense of humor aligns with what I know of your sense of humor. And I so admire their commitment. To like, no, I'm gonna do a whole movie where I'm a British spy and also like the his Belgian a whole bad movie? guy. I think you and said then three, three exactly. Directly. No, to not only do that and then to say, okay, we're gonna do another right. one, and I'm also gonna be a big Scottish guy, and then we're gonna do another one, and I'm also gonna be uh, a, a Dutch guy uh, who eats his own skin. It's just like we don't make comedies like that anymore. No, we really don't. I think the other thing that's so wild not to go on a whole uh, <laughs> awesome spy who shagged me right. But, like, literally, just the fact that, like, when that movie came out, like, it was referential. Like, it was a comedy zeitgeist. Like, it defined comedy. Absolutely. And now, so many of the jokes from Austin Powers became, like, comedy movie, like, staples. Like, you know how you think back to, check, please, which, you know, used to be the funniest joke right. in movies. And now it's and now the so toss-off reference of a hack joke. Right, exactly. So much of what Austin Powers was was those defining jokes that have then become hack jokes. So it's just a really wild thing to absolutely. Watch back. Uh, but it's it's true uh, comedic performance that we don't see often. If someone needs to write the fucking analytical text on Mike Myers' filmography, then I I'll do it. I, I guess it's me. Uh, I mean, Kevin, it sounds like you signed up for it. Sounds like I already fucking signed up for it. Uh, the last Mike Myers movie uh, I watched was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but uh, let's see. It? Actual plugs. I will not plug this film. Uh, though, Jason, if you're curious, ah. I'll tell you about it after. Um, okay, great. <laughs> uh, I just watched on Hulu, uh, where you can also watch in and of itself. Uh, I just watched yes. Nomadland, uh, last year's uh, Chloe Zhao movie uh if you you marvel heads would know her as the director of eternals um which has not come out yet but you you might be familiar that she's doing that uh but it's a remarkable remarkable film about uh loneliness and americana it's a it's a movie about like the people whose literal like livelihoods were taken from them by the economic recession but done with actual like deft hands and empathy it's not just poverty porn it's it's not anything like that it's a (laughs) remarkable story about like the the current american nomads um and it actually paired strangely well with me watching taxi driver on saturday which these are oh my god these are both which one the uh, remake or the original no the original taxi driver with uh with robert de niro um and um but it, it paired remarkably well because these are both like 
music heavy elegies about human loneliness but they're sort of the polar opposites of what that human can do with that intense loneliness within the vehicle they surround themselves with uh made for a strange but interesting double feature um but uh so i'll recommend that i have a few like projects of my own stewing but they're stewing right now they're not ready to eat the soup is not on um (laughs) but uh we will be back next week as we continue through our gas leak year with uh two episodes that exist i'll tell you that much uh that's hey look you did not lie just then (laughs) i uh, (laughs) told the truth uh i i cannot tell a lie i chopped down cherry tree uh this season in my opinion is desperately in need of some deaning i hope these episodes are dean anytime he comes on i'm like thank god oh Oh my god (laughs) uh these this season is really like dean light imho and so i'm really waiting for like him to pop uh in in this here season of this here television show uh but until next week pop 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 Pop, This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.